In a letter dated March 31, 1809, President Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Republican citizens of Washington County, Maryland. And part of that letter said this, The care of human life and happiness and not their destruction is the first and only legitimate object of good government. Some members of government today, from the top on down, could use that reminder. I'm Sheila Lagminas. You're in the forum. Welcome back to the forum. It's been a while here. I've got so much going on. You all do. We all do. These times are changing. We're happy about some, a lot of that after the pandemic. Uh, worst of it. We're not out of it. Don't anybody make that mistake. But we'll get to that in another forum. This one is about uh, other mistakes that are being made in people's thinking. And there's a lot to cover here. I receive members of the House of Representatives, many of their newsletters, and also Con- Congressman Steve Scalise, Whip House Whip Steve Scalise, has been my guest on my former radio program. And I receive his, oh, several times a week. What's happening on the floor of the House? What votes are being taken? What what uh, legislation is being brought forward? And uh, many things, many of the debates. One of the things he wanted to point out today, this very day I'm doing this, is a bit of a riff on that, is that the the House, House Republicans are are trying to move forward legislation that will ensure that no federal funds pay for abortion. So this is because the Henry Hyde, the Hyde Amendment, is being eliminated or virtually eliminated. It's under threat of elimination. What the Hyde Amendment has done, for those of you who don't know, is kept taxpayers from having to fund abortions, even for people who might consider themselves, as people call it, pro-choice. We can talk about choice, but or, or whether there is one. But their taxpayer dollars, they don't want them to pay for abortion, even if they believe abortion should should be legal. Let's put it that way. And the Hyde Amendment has always enjoyed bipartisan support since it was first introduced. Uh, that, that was, I think, the Clinton administration. So it's been a very long time that both parties supported the Hyde Amendment. It comes up in all spending bills every year. It comes up again and again. But now, under this administration, it's in danger of uh, being eliminated, finally. They, w- they want to do away with it. First time. And I will tell you that in 1994, Joe Biden himself said, those of us who are opposed to abortion should not be compelled to pay for them. Joe Biden said, those of us who are opposed to abortion should not be compelled to pay for them. That was when he used to support the Hyde Amendment. All the way up until June of 2019, he supported the Hyde Amendment. That's when he was running for office. He very quickly pivoted away from that, maybe due to, I don't know, political expediency or pressure from those in his party. But it's become very political. Something like abortion is human. It's medical. It's so much more. It's not political. But it is has become a political football or bomb. It's, it's unbelievable the damage it, do, it does to not just the, the child, but to the woman. I'll get to more on that shortly because we have a member of Congress who's introducing legislation almost here as I speak on a new legislation that will take the place of, if you will, a new form of the Hyde Amendment. And it mainly aims at protecting the woman, providing for the woman and her child, 
and really, truly giving her a choice. So that was from Thomas Jefferson, the care of human life and happiness, and not their destruction is the first and only legitimate object of good government. Well, we have a president and a speaker of the House who make it public, quite public, that they're Catholic, attend Mass. The president talks about or has been asked about or talks about often uh, his off, how often he prays the rosary. Kind of hard to imagine that being that committed to the rosary and also standing that staunchly in support of abortion, st- remaining legal and taxpayers funding it. They don't go together, which is why you're hearing more about the Catholic bishops. Who did not, the Catholic bishops, make up new teaching? The teaching in the church has been the teaching in the church for a very long time. In fact, since the gospel. We have bishops who have gone on over the years, time and again and again and again and again, to put forth that teaching in their own dioceses across the country or at bishops' meetings. Cardinal uh, Edward Egan elaborated emotionally this very point about human life endangered. In a, a column published with a large color photograph of a baby in the womb, it, back in, oh, I think it was two, 2008, and uh, it was, yeah, 2008, he published it titled Just Look, because under Just Look title was a large color photograph of, of this color photo of a baby in the womb. He said, the picture on this page is an untouched photograph of a being that has been within his mother's womb for 20 weeks. Please do me the favor of looking at it carefully, wrote Cardinal Egan. And then he made an impassioned case. Have you any doubt that it is a human being? If you do not have any such doubt, have you any doubt that it is an innocent human being? If you have no doubt about this either, have you any doubt that the authorities in a civilized society are duty-bound to protect this innocent human being if anyone were to wish to kill it? He goes on, if you have no doubt that the authorities in a civilized society would be duty-bound to protect this innocent human being if someone were to be wished to kill it, I would suggest even insist that there, there's not a whole lot more to be said about the issue of abortion in our society. It is wrong, and it cannot, must not, be tolerated. That was Cardinal Egan. Cardinal Francis George went on to, uh, he, in an interview, he said, about, about this very topic. He said, if you've got an immoral law, you've got to work to change that. That's the great scandal. And that's why there's such a sense of urgency now, wrote Cardinal George back then in 2008. He said, that's the, the sense of urgency now. There's no recognition of the fact that children continue to be killed, and we live, therefore, in a country drenched in blood. This can't be something that you start playing off pragmatically against other issues. Well, this is exactly what ha- is happening. It's being played off pragmatically against other issues. The amazing thing is, is Dr. Martin Luther King wrote about something very similar in his letter from Birmingham jail. When asked why he came to Birmingham to march, when the, the, the Christian clergymen in Birmingham, did you know that's who he was writing that letter to? Told him not to come there. They knew that trouble came. In, in many places where Dr. King's people marched peacefully. He said, I came here because injustice is here. Just as the prophets of the 8th century B.C. left their villages and carried out their thus saith the Lord, far beyond the boundaries of their own hometowns, 
And just as the Apostle Paul left his village of Tarsus and carried the gospel of Christ to the far corners of the Greco-Roman world, so am I compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my hometown. Like Paul, I must constantly respond to the Macedonian call for aid. He said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. This is why people in the pro-life movement carry on in spite of all of the challenges, the threats, the battles, the arguments. This is why they carry on and carry on. This is why what's happening on the floor of the house are many, is the effort in many forms to to continue to protect innocent human life. So the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, lengthy title, right, is just to protect unborn children who can feel pain. And those, you know, that takes a certain number of weeks. It really should be from the moment of conception, but you've got to do this incrementally. And then House Whip Steve Scalise tried to get the en- enough names signatures on a discharge petition for the Abortion Survivors Protection Act. That means that if a baby survives an attempted abortion, that if that were voted on and passed, that baby would have to be protected. But until they reach a certain number more votes on that, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will not allow it to come to a vote. So maybe it's not surprising, which sounds shocking, and it is shocking, that things like this happen, that in a a recent uh, White House press conference, a reporter asked, does the president, President Joe Biden, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Press Secretary Jen Psaki responded, Are you asking me if the president supports the right to choose? He does. And I wonder, did anybody in that room say, well, excuse me, that didn't answer the question. The question was, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Not if the president supports the right to choose. That was just very deft if you can call it that, a political move to just do an end run around the question. Same thing happened with Nancy Pelosi. Reporter for CNSNews.com, Julia Johnson, asked Nancy Pelosi in a press conference, is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Speaker Pelosi responded, let me just say that I am a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. I'm a mother of five children. In six years, I think I have some standing on this issue. Well, that's not what she was asked. She was asked if an unborn baby at 15 weeks is a human being. So not not whether she supports Roe v. Wade, which she wanted to get out there right away, that bona fide. Let me just say I'm a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. I would love to engage her one-on-one about that because she's Catholic. And as she says, mother of five children in six years. I would love to hear that engagement and nothing politically expedient. So the question is, about human life and when human life and how human life can be protected. It, the Hyde Amendment is being targeted. Taxpayer money will fund abortions if that happens, but not if Congressman Jeff Fortenberry has his way. I just interviewed him on a show I guest hosted the other day on Relevant Radio, the Drew Mariani Show, and Congressman Fortenberry is introducing a legislation called Care for Her, 
This is beautiful. He says, for decades, we hear a lot about, as he starts, we hear a lot about finding unity these days, especially within government, given all the recent trauma. For decades in Congress, one source of quiet, quiet but ongoing unity has been around something called the Hyde Amendment, and he teaches about that. He said, of course, named for the late congressman from Illinois, Henry Hyde, it's a longstanding agreement to not allow taxpayer dollars for abortion. It was born of bipartisan agreement in 1976, as I noted earlier. As recently as June 2019, Vice President then, Joe Biden, supported the Hyde Amendment and acknowledged that it works harmoniously with federal funding for women's health care. Now, President Joe Biden is changing direct direction and severing that important bond, notes Congressman Fortenberry. So he says, while the country may be divided on the question of abortion rights, it's interesting to note that a significant majority of Americans agree government should not pay for it with taxpayer funds. So he goes on to to say, given that majority support among Americans, that we, we ought at least not pay for abortions, he said that the, that consensus rides on this question, saving the fight to protect innocent human life and advance a new vision that could even invite wider consensus across the country. But that rests on this. Are we big enough and generous enough to assure that a woman and her unborn child will never be abandoned? A new paradigm would invite us to see the fear as our fear, the sorrow as our sorrow, the pregnancy is our chance. And he, he notes this, Congressman Fortenberry, written by the early feminist author Maddie Brinkerhoff in 1869. He, he said these words have really always stayed with him. Here's the quote. When a man steals to satisfy hunger, we may safely conclude that there is something wrong in society. So when a woman destroys the life of her unborn child, it's an evidence that either by education or circumstances, she has been greatly wronged. Brinkerhoff goes on to ask, But the question now seems to be, how shall we prevent this destruction of life and health? Close quote by Maddie Brinkerhoff in 1869. Congressman Fortenberry says, Soon I will be introducing legislation entitled Care for Her. It lets a woman know that we, as a community of care, will be there through the miraculous journey of giving life. The bill would build on existing communities of support. No kidding on that. I'll get back to that in a moment. Existing, proliferating communities of support to ensure that a pregnant woman knows what is available to her and fill in the gaps with education, job training, and child care through local and state capacities. He says, as we've learned from Head Start, the Head Start program, children do better when moms are part of community. In the almost 50 years since Roe v. Wade, concludes Congressman Fortenberry, women in America have chosen to have over 62 million abortions. It remains as high as 50% of pregnancies in some communities. He, he says, I believe women deserve better. Care for her is a new way to give life, to give hope, to give unity. This is what we need, life, hope, and unity. We are all in this together. And these, these centers, these homes, these places for, for education, job training, and child care proliferate. Many, and they're not just provided by municipalities or states or federal government. They're provided by 
private organizations, nonprofit organizations, ones that are kept afloat and kept going and kept alive by philanthropy, by all of us who donate to them. I've been given tours. I've been given the honor of giving the, being given the tour of, of the John Paul Dew Life Center in Austin, Texas. I've been a, a big supporter of the Aid for Women Pregnancy Help Centers in Chicago, major big one, and they offer shelter Besides all the other things that they do at John Paul II Center in Austin, Texas, they do in Chicago Aid for Women. And in the care centers in, in New York and California and all over the country are doing the same thing. They're providing medical care. They're providing material goods. If the mother chooses in her choice, let's make this a true choice, chooses to have the child, they give her everything she needs medical support, emotional support, spiritual support if she needs that, legal support if she needs that, and a place to stay, a place to come back with the baby after having the baby. Baby needs. It's all there. Job training, making a living. This is all about care for her. And this is something that we need to, we need to contribute to. We need to start by contributing to the information spread. When I interviewed Congressman Fortenberry, he said, I haven't introduced this legislation yet, but it's coming soon. And when I asked him, can people contact their representatives now? He said, oh, please, yes, by all means. You can do that in the House of your representatives in the House of Representatives by just going online and and doing a search, house.gov. It's that simple, house.gov. That'll take you to the page, the landing page, where you can put in your zip code and find your House of Representatives uh, representative, whatever district you're in, you plug in your zip code and it, it will tell you who your representatives are, who your representative is, and what their Washington office's address is and what their office in Washington, D.C. telephone number is, but also their district offices, where they are, what their addresses are, what their telephone numbers are, and what their email addresses are. Many ways to contact your members of Congress. You can tell them now. There is legislation coming in the House called Care for Her. You really want this passed. It's going to be introduced by Congressman Fortenberry. By all means, let's pass this. Pregnancy help centers are proliferating all over the country, and they're usually found within very close proximity of abortion clinics, and they far outnumber them, by the way. They offer women in crisis pregnancies all these the things I said all the help and support they may need throughout their pregnancy and after the baby's birth as an alternative to abortion. So there really is a choice. I've been riffing long enough. There's a lot to talk about, a lot happening on the House of Representatives floor, on the Senate floor. I've heard impassioned pleas by Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, among others. Senator Sass really wanted a vote by his fellow senators on that very thing, Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. He told his fellow senators, this isn't about abortion. This legislation is not at all about abortion. This is about a baby. This is not about a baby in the mother's womb, so it's not about abortion. It's about a baby born alive. And whether or not we're going to protect that baby born alive. He made just a beautiful, impassioned speech, at the end of which some Democratic members of the Senate got up and walked out. That was in last, this last session. But, and they, so they never took a vote. That doesn't end it. That doesn't end the efforts by our very good members of Congress. 
and that doesn't end any efforts by the pro-life movement to care for human life. Because all human life has equal dignity, equal value, equal worth. It's in the preamble of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Life. It's in the Declaration of Independence. And many truths are no longer self-evident. That's why we have to continue to learn and engage, spread awareness, and bring clarity and charity to the conversation. That's it for now. I'm going to be covering this a lot more. And when Congressman Fortenberry introduces that legislation and it goes forward, I'm going to be letting you know again, now's the time to reconnect with your members of the House of Representatives and ask them to vote, yes, let's pass care for her because we really do care for her. That's all for now. Please tell others and invite them to join us next time here in the forum.